Good evening. So we're starting part one of our series on character under control. So as I mentioned a wee while ago there, we're looking at the topic of controlling our thoughts. If you want to just turn just now to Colossians chapter 3, and we'll get there very shortly. But just to start us off, I'll ask the question, do you struggle with any of the thoughts that come into your mind? Is that a yes or a no? Audience participation? No. I think most of us at some point, more than likely on a daily or a minute-on-minute basis, struggle with what we think. We think so many thoughts in our heads, some that are make some sense and some that have no sense at all. We fight feelings of anger, malice, hatred, insecurity, all these different thoughts and feelings that swirl about and we've got difficulty trying to bring these under control and knowing what to do with them. Why is it important to control our thoughts? And the main thing is because it is the kind of, kind of centre point of our lives. Whatever comes into our mind affects our whole being. So we've got to know what to do with the thoughts that come into our heads. And the whole series that we're looking at here is character under construction. If you want to build up a good godly character to do the right things, think the right things, deal with people the right way, it all starts in our heads. The things that come in, knowing how to deal with them properly and process them, because eventually what we think will come out in our actions and what we say. And We can't control all our circumstances, but what we can do is control what we do with the thoughts that come into our heads. Sometimes the most random thought will come in there that totally knocks us for six, but we need to know what to do with that thought, whether it's something we dwell on, or whether it's something we've got to rely on God to deal with or give us an insight into it, or whether we just deny it and get it out of our head and replace it with a godly thought. There's a common philosophy going into any kind of philosophy books and things, there's a statement which says, I think, therefore I am. And that is very true. But we'll just back that up this scripture as well. And it's Proverbs 23, verse 7. And it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So we've got to really get control of what goes on up here in our head because it will affect who we become and what we do. So as we develop this ability to rely on God and apply godly principles to our thoughts, we develop our character and that's really the aim aim that we're trying to do here, to be this kind of godly person having the character of God on a more frequent basis, in a more strong way, day in and day out. So, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind in things above and not in things of earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So our goal as believers is to understand God's word and to understand what his thoughts are in certain situations. If we think of the thoughts that come into our minds, we need to apply the godly principle to them. Does it line up with what God says? Does it line up with the character of God? And we should try to get in the thinking of God rather than being in the thinking of ourselves to see what his thoughts in a situation might be. 
So this verse here, it tells us and advises us to set our minds on things above and to remember that through salvation that we have died to our old ways, we've died to our old life. Jesus comes into our life and he changes us and that's a fact and that's something we need to get, get to grips with and apply it on a daily basis. But what it means is we can't simply add Jesus into our life along with everything else that's going on in our life as well. Everything we've been doing previously, we've to live to a different standard. We've got to put whatever was in the past in the past and keep it there. We've been given a new life, a new citizenship, um, a new destination where we are going. So we've got a different principle which we need to live by on a daily basis. And that, those principles apply to our thought life as well. And I was thinking about it, you know, and a lot of times it's a slow fade, isn't it? In our Christian walk, in whatever area we're talking about, it's a slow fade. Sometimes it's, we get that kind of light bulb moment and we realise how far we've fallen from where we should be. I was kind of thinking of going to the, the opticians. I wear glasses for distance. I've not been to the opticians for a number of years. And it's not until I'm driving at night that it really comes into play. As soon as I think I should be wearing my glasses, I put them on, I was like, wow, <laughs> I can see, I can see more than about five metres in front of it. I can actually read what the road signs say. And I think in our thought life, we can be the same. We don't realise just how murky our thoughts have become and how we're not applying godly principles to our thoughts. We're allowing ourselves to dwell on things we shouldn't be dwelling on. And accusations come into our mind, which we should just be kicking out the door and saying, oh, God says in that circumstance that I'm forgiven, or whatever the verse might be to counteract that thought. We don't actually think that way. It's that slow fade, and we just start accepting these thoughts that come in and end up derailing us from the godly walk that we should be having and from having that fellowship with God. But the difficult thing is as well, you think your thoughts... And nobody else can see your thoughts. So you're dealing with so many things and they're internal, intern, they're internal, nobody else can see them. And there's a wee saying that goes, if we sow a thought, we reap an action. If we sow an action, we reap a habit. If we sow a habit, we reap a character. And if we sow a character, we reap a destiny. Your character, your destiny, all goes right back to your thought life. Because if you take a thought on board and run with it when it's going against the godly principles that you should have, it's going to come out in your actions and your habits and it's going to affect your life and your walk with God and how close in fellowship you can be with him. But it doesn't need to be that way. We need to retune our minds. We need to identify all those old ways of thinking and apply the godly principles to them. But that takes some action on our behalf to be in our word to know what the scripture says. As believers, we've got the enlightenment, enlightenment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3-4 says that Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers. Everyone in this room tonight, we're not unbelievers. But if Satan can't blind your mind like he can't do to unbelievers, he can do something else. And what Satan tries to do is he tries to deceive our minds instead. He can't blind us, but he wants to deceive us. And he'll do that through false or harmful thoughts being dropped into our minds at the most inopportune moments. 
at the times where we think we're doing quite well, and then this thought comes in and can totally take the feet from out under us. The battlefield in our Christian walk is in our mind. And Satan's plan is to lead us astray and derail us from the walk that we should be having with God. And he'll use any trick in the mind to do that that he can. Memories of old sins. How many times has an old sin come into your mind you feel totally guilt-ridden and sick about it? And you're sitting there down and you're feeling like a total failure? But what does God say? Your sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. Are forgiven your sins. We apply scripture to that thought that's contrary to what God is saying. If you're feeling useless, if you're feeling with no worth, then we know again that's coming from Satan because God says he's formed you and he's made you and that you're special and a special creation in his mind. So we've got to really identify the thoughts that come into your head and see whether it's coming from Satan or whether it's something that God is trying to speak to us through as well. It's been said if the devil can get your attention for five seconds, he can have your mind for five minutes. And I think that's quite true. As soon as we start to dwell on a thought that's wrong, it starts playing around in our minds and we become totally fixated on it. So we've got to deal with these things as quickly as we can. And the pathway to us controlling our thoughts is a deep understanding of who we are in Jesus Christ as a believer and a deep understanding of the scriptures as well. So the verse says here that we are raised with Christ. We've got a new position in him. We've got a position in Jesus. And God's desire is that we develop our thinking in line with him as well. Set your minds on things above. To set our minds on the heavenly things, the godly things, and not the earthly things of the world, or the accusations that Satan might kick into our minds. God wants to help us develop a new way of thinking based on his truth, based on the scriptures. And we've got the Holy Spirit to help us to develop in that way. We've got the Holy Spirit to help us to develop our character and our thought life. We don't need to be defeated by our thoughts because Jesus has given us the power through the Holy Spirit to counteract them. But in that same hand, we can't just sit down and go, oh, I'm having all these thoughts, Jesus, deal with it, and just do nothing. We've got a certain action which we need to put into play as well. And that really is giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. That something is a bit of knowledge. Scripture is a door opener for God to do great and wonderful things in our lives. The only way that we know we're thinking along the correct lines is to know what God says on a matter. And the way we know that God is speaking is we can go to his word and we see what he would say about sin, about forgiveness, about salvation, about all the kind of things that come into our minds. We seek an answer from the scriptures and we ask God to plant them deep within our hearts. And that becomes the strength that we can have that can counteract the thoughts that come into our head to derail us and to bring us down in our Christian walk. And the verse also says, keep seeking the things above. And that tense here, the verb, is to signify that continual seeking, not just a seek it out once or twice, continually seek out these things from the word. Seek out the things that are coming from above. Seek out the scriptures to deal with the issues that you're having in your mind at this moment in time. And in all things, we take God into it. No matter what issues we're going through, no matter what difficulties we have, bring God into it. Seek 
his answers, put your mind on him and not on your circumstances. And it says here, you've died to your old life. How many times do we live our daily lives and we live as if we're hopeless and helpless? We let a circumstance bring us down so low, we forget that we've got God on our side, that he can do the battle for us. We've got to constantly remember that we've died to our old self. When Satan brings in the accusations, telling you you're rubbish and useless and you can't do anything, you're too insignificant, you've died to your old self, that's your old past, you're raised with Christ, you've got a high position in him, you're not a lowly person, but you're a high person because of Jesus here. So the Holy Spirit can help us in these circumstances, and the Holy Spirit can empower us to deal and resist with all these temptations. But again, the Holy Spirit is there as our helper, the one that can come alongside us and empower us, but we also need to be open to the Holy Spirit as well. We've got the verse in Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24, a very common one. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my, my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We need to ask God to search us. To reveal to us the areas in our life where we need to give over to him. And let the word of God do a work in us alongside the Holy Spirit. The word of God has to be the the measuring point in our lives and let the Holy Spirit do that work as we come to that enlightening of what's wrong in our lives. Let God do the work and chip that away and replace it with something good. But if we allow a wrong thought into our head and we dwell on it and we don't deal with it, we don't apply the biblical principle to it, it's like that tidal wave. It comes in and it will sweep us away down a path we don't want to be on. So that's why things, the battle's in the mind and we've got to nip things in the bud as soon as they come there. Every thought that's not of God shouldn't have a resting place in our body, in our mind or in our heart. We need to be careful of the thoughts that we have. We consider ourselves dead to sin but we also consider ourselves with a high position in Jesus with all the tools available to us to deal with the accusations and the thoughts that come into our minds. And importantly, we need to let God dwell richly in our lives. We've got the verse in Colossians 3.16, just slightly on, and it says, Our minds should be so filled, <coughs> excuse me, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in the heart to the Lord. So as we let the word of God richly dwell in us, wisdom, teaching, songs, when we fill ourselves with all that goodness, then there's a result from that. As we fill ourselves with all these things here, when a difficult situation comes up, internally we've got the tools at our disposal to employ in that situation there. These things, the scriptures, the songs that lift us up and encourage us and are full of biblical principles, they will overflow from our hearts into that situation and help us. Rather than thoughts pushing us down, when those thoughts come in, we've built ourselves up in the scriptures, we've built ourselves up in all the godly things that we can start to lift ourselves back out of the difficult situations once again. And I think it's quite true that 
we're all caught up in a major battle at some point in our lives. There's something in our mind that's really causing us a difficulty. And a lot of times we can look at scripture and we can think, well, yeah, that's true, but... And we don't understand why the scripture's not playing out in our lives. And we've got the verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. But sometimes when the rubber hits the road, do we feel like a new creation? Sometimes these thoughts get come into our head and we think, again, it's been that slow fade. I feel so far gone from that point. But again, going back to Colossians, we are seated with God, we're raised up with God, we're in that high place. But the reality isn't quite meeting that point. So what do we do there? The truth is that sometimes, positionally, we're saved. We're in a seated position with God up high, but we're not living it out. And that's because our mind hasn't been changed, that we're allowing certain thoughts into our lives, and we're letting them dwell in our lives so that our daily walk isn't reflecting our position in God. We might struggle with temptations regarding any kind of type of sin. We might struggle with bitterness, depression, fear, insecurity, whatever it is. There can still be a battle raging on in our mind, even though we're made a new creation in God, because sometimes we let that kind of back door swing open. We allow the temptations, the whispering thoughts for Satan to get in. What do we do in that situation there? We can take it to God. We can pray about it. We can take it to God. We can pray. But we also need to do something else as well. And we look at Romans 12 verse 2. And it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will and what is his good, pleasing and perfect will. So we're a new creation, but sometimes our thinking doesn't line up with being a new creation. And if that's the case, we're allowing thoughts into our mind, that thoughts that are telling us that things aren't right with you and God. You're not seated in a high position. You're not special. You're not. And all these accusations come on board. Whereas spiritually and positionally, we are in that place. But we're allowing the whispers to come into our mind, and we're not dealing with them. And the Romans 12, 2 verse is a verse that talks about dealing with things. Don't conform. We've got that command for God there. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. You're a different person. You are seated up high and don't do the same things as everyone else. And don't think the same thing as everyone else as well. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's a very, very powerful promise here that if we renew our mind, we've got some great benefits we can test and approve what is God's will. We can understand God's will if we control the thoughts that come into our head. If we renew our minds, maybe we can know the will of God in our lives. And it will be good and it will be pleasing and it will be perfect. How would you like to back to the knowledge of God's will in your life and be pleased in it? To know who you are and what you should be doing? It would be fantastic, wouldn't it? But it starts in the mind. The process to get in there is to start with thought thought controls, renewing your mind. But we need to be realistic as well. This word transformation, in the Greek it's metamorpho, where we get the English word metamorphosis. And we know that as a butterfly, 
goes from caterpillar to butterfly, it doesn't happen in a split second. There's a process, there's a passing of time. So when we want to change, when we want to renew our mind, it's not going to be a snap thing, an overnight thing. It's a process. As we apply ourselves to reading the word, apply ourselves to prayer, apply ourselves to encouraging one another, relying on the Holy Spirit, it will happen, but there's a process to go through. But it tells us here that you will be transformed. Renew your mind in that way and you will be transformed. And you're cleaned up from the inside out. It's not an external thing, but it starts inside. With the mind which goes to the heart, which ends up in the actions. And it's a big change. A big transformation can take place if you do that. So mind transformation is a process and it's one which we've got a part to play in it. You must renew your mind. God's going to help you with it, but you have got a part to play as well. So, we've got a part to play, God's got a part to play. But if you look at the next slide, there's a few verses up here which shows us what God can do in our lives. Firstly, if you look at 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So these are gifts that every believer can get. A spirit of love, power, and of self-discipline. I'll be taking these gifts into our lives and I'll be using them. I'll be using the gifts that God has given to us. And the important one in our thought life here is that self-discipline. To have the self-discipline in our thoughts is critical to renewing our minds. And God has promised to help us as we apply ourselves to discipline our minds. He's given us the strength to be able to do that. And that's important. Secondly, when Jesus was preparing to, to leave earth, return to heaven, he promised he would give us the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak in his own, he will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So it's important that we are able to separate the lies of the devil from the word of God. And through the Holy Spirit, we've been given a tool there to help us with that. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would give you truth. It would guide you into all truth. But the important thing there is it will guide you into truth. We need to be seeking the truth. So as a thought comes into your head, it's causing you bother. Seek the truth in that circumstance. John 10.10, the only thing that's going to set you free is the truth. The truth will set you free. So we've got to be seeking truth in all these areas of our thought life. And thirdly, God promises to bring us from darkness into light. He spoke to the people in John 8:12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So Jesus brings light into the darkness of our world and sometimes into the darkness of our mind as well. And God's truth is light to us. One of the most important gifts that God has given us for renewing our mind is the scriptures. It's the Bible. His word. His light. He can shine that light into our minds when our minds are feeling like a dark place. We're not sure what to do, what to think, how to process what's going on in our minds. He brings the light into the dark situation. And to back that up, we've got Psalm 119.105, which says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Don't know what to do? Take it to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you find the scripture 
The truth will set you free. Look for the truth in the word. And that will be the light to your path. So God has given us these important tools which we need to be employing. We need to be using them. They're available to us, but are we actually taking them and doing something with them? And the last one is God's promise to give wisdom to us if we ask. James 1.5 If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So if we go to God and ask him, he will reveal wisdom to us. Wisdom for the situation we are in. If we are lacking in wisdom, and if we need godly wisdom, godly counsel, seek God in it, and he will provide the answer. But importantly, we need to be consistent in our communication with him. Constantly be seeking God. Constantly be asking him. Constantly ask God to reveal that wisdom into your life in the small things and in the big things too. We need to constantly sit at the feet of our teacher because he's the only teacher which we need. So these are some things that God can help us with. But again, we've got a responsibility too. When it comes to renewing our mind, we need to do something as well. God is committed to his part, but what is our part? First of all, take responsibility. You need to do something to renew your mind, because it is our mind, isn't it? So what do we do? How do we help ourselves in that process there? We've got this wee statement from a teacher, D.A. Carson, and he puts it this way. Imagination is a God-given gift. But if it, if it is fed dirt by the eye, it will be dirty. So your imagination is a God-given gift. But if you feed your eye dirt, your imagination is going to be dirty. What do we take in? Whatever we take in will somehow make its way up here into our thought life. What do we listen to? What do we watch? What do we involve ourselves in with socially? What we take in is going to affect our thought life. So we need to be careful and be discerning in what we allow into our lives because the food that enters our mind is just as important as the food that enters our body if we eat the the rotten bread that Jim was speaking about this morning it could upset our stomach if we eat chicken that's off it's going to make us barf likewise spiritual if we're taking in the wrong things it can make us spiritually sick and it can affect us in the mind as we harbour whispering accusations from the devil so we need to be careful in that way We've got a verse in Romans 16, 19 that says, I want, it's the second part of the verse, it says, I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. So we need to be discerning between the good and the evil in our lives, taking on board the good and shunning and getting rid of the evil with God's help and with the Holy Spirit in our life as well. So as we're living, as we have these thoughts coming in our head, as we are praying about it, as we're looking at the scriptures, as we're doing all those things, we've got one positive way we can deal with our thought life, and it's to apply the principles of Philippians 4, 8 and 9. The verse says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So we've got eight things in that verse there. Whether true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent or praiseworthy, these are the things that we allow our mind to dwell on. We seek these things out, we fill ourselves with these things, we dwell on these things, 
we let all these things swirl about in our heads to replace any negative thoughts that are getting dropped in there. Revelation 12.10 says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to accuse you of all sorts. He wants to get in your mind and drop these thoughts into your mind to stop you walking forward with God. John 8.44 tells us that he is a liar, that he's the father of lies. He wants you to believe lots of lies about yourself, but other people about who you are and what you can do. Take these things to God. Apply scripture. When Satan says something about you, look at what the scripture tells you. Look at your character and who, what God thinks, thinks about you in the scriptures. We need to take that on board. Do a bit of replacement theology in a good way. We replace the bad thoughts, the whispers of Satan with all the good things and the promises of God. And again, John 10.10 10 says, the truth will set you free. At the end of the day, we do need to know our Bibles. Because we can't be influenced by the things which we do not know. The more we feed ourselves, the more we nourish ourselves, then the stronger we are going to be. And the more arsenal and the more weapons that we are going to have to fight the battles that go on in our mind. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, If the axe is dull and no one sharpens the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. So as we are trying to do things, as we are trying to fight all these thoughts in our head, if we are not built up in the word of God, we're using our sword of the spirit, but it's got a dull blade. We're putting all this effort in and we're getting no result because we're not grounded in the word, we're not relying on God, we're not being built up in the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that the edge of our sword is sharp. Relying on God, taking on board the truth of scriptures, the truth of God's holy word. We need to feed ourselves spiritually as much as we can. In prayer, in the word of God, in encouraging one another. And importantly, Philippians 4.9 says, The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Great. Read the Bible. Take it on board. Pray about it. But importantly, do it. That's the most important thing. Do it and apply the verses in your life. <coughs> Satan can take a stronghold in our life when we allow his whispers, when we allow his accusations to take root and sideswipe us. I know I've done it in my own life, even in small things. You know, as God tells you, who are you to do something? Who are you? You're too small. We need to go to the Word, and the Word tells us exactly who we are in Christ. All the good thoughts that God has towards us. We can't let these things take root in our lives, because if we do, it's going to really damage our spiritual walk, and damage the strength and the happiness and the joy which we can have in the Lord as well. So, footholds from Satan can come into our life when we allow these thoughts to dwell. We allow him that backdoor access when we allow the thoughts to drop in and take root and we don't do anything with them. If we're in the battlefield as we're a soldier against another soldier, there's a fight going to take place. If we just drop to the ground, fold our arms and ignore that some, somebody's there to kill us, what's going to happen? It's not going to end up good for us. The tactic of ignoring things or denying things, denying their thoughts, doesn't work. Think something bad, just keep on trying to put it to the side of your mind, doesn't work. We've got to replace it. We replace it with the goods. We apply the Philippians verse, the true, the noble, the praiseworthy. We replace the negative with the positive. 
And in all things, Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And the daily things, the small things, the big things, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Constantly keep him in the forefront of your mind and make no provision for the flesh. As the temptations come into your mind, don't walk into the temptation. Put Jesus Christ on, his word, his truth, and that should help us not to walk down the wrong path. 2 Corinthians 10.4 tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. If we have allowed a stronghold in our life, a wrong thought, a wrong feeling, we can deal with it through God. The power that God has given us, the weapons of our, our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They can be pulled down in our lives, but we go back to the things we've just talked about. We replace the bad thoughts with the good thoughts. We replace the unscriptural things with the word of God. Any whispering accusations into our lives against who we are in Christ, against our salvation, we find the written word of God and we battle using that. Like Jesus did in Matthew 4, when Satan came to tempt him in the desert, Jesus always replied back to Satan with, it is written. We use the same principle. As that thought comes into your head saying, you're useless, no, it is written and we find the scripture. If we need to write it in bookmarks and stickers, put it in text messages or Pinterest boards, whatever it might be, keep your arsenal close to you and refer to it. And that is how we can help to control our mind. So to finish, Hebrews, Hebrews 3.1 says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and the high priest who we confess. Who are we confessing tonight? Are we confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, our High Priest? If we are, constantly fix your thoughts in him. Fix your thoughts in him. Other scriptures say fix your eyes on him. And our whole being, if we constantly seek God in all circumstances, then that will help us to control our mind and to have our mind renewed. As we said, a renewed mind can result in a transformed life. If we focus on renewing our mind, in time, the transformation will come as that metamorphosis takes place. As we apply the scriptures, dwell on them, take them on board and do them, we are renewing ourselves and we are becoming transformed into a more godly person and into somebody who is developing their character more like Jesus. So to end us, watch your thoughts because they become your words. Watch your words because they become your actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. It all starts in the mind. The battles for your mind. What are you going to do in that battle? And we've got some tools tonight that can help us in that area. So, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us your written word here. We thank you, Lord, that we can apply your word to many situations, Father God, that you have got an answer to any problem or issue that we may, might have in our lives, Lord. Lord, we confess to you tonight that some of the thoughts that we do have, Lord, are they're far from you, Lord. They go against your character and against your will in our lives, Lord. 
We ask you, Heavenly Father, to help us to bring our minds under control. By partnering with you, by reading the scriptures, by being in prayer, by being in partnership with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us, Lord Jesus, to focus on the thoughts which are true and noble and right and lovely and all these things which we read from Philippians 4, 8, Lord. More than that, Lord, on a daily basis we surrender to you. We lay everything down at your feet, Father God. We fix our thoughts on you, Lord, and we fix our eyes on you. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to examine our lives, examine our minds and our hearts, and reveal to us, Lord, any areas which we need to bring to you, which we need to confess to you, Lord, and ask for your help and assistance in dealing with. We thank you, Lord God, that you have given us the tools at our disposal, that strongholds in our lives can be brought down in the power and in the name of Jesus. We ask you this evening, Lord, to, to help us in our lives, to help us to be transformed, Father God, to be renewed in character and mind, and to be transformed, Lord, to be made more in your image and more in your likeness, Father God. We commit ourselves to you, Father God, and we ask you to, to bless our lives, to let your word be planted deep within our lives. Help us to be remembered of your words, Lord, when we need it. When we're feeling discouraged, Lord, point us to the scriptures that speak to that, Father. When we doubt our, our very salvation at times, Lord, point us to all the scriptures that point out to our new life and our new position in you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that there's no issue which you cannot deal with. There's nothing too small and nothing too big. As we continue on with our evening tonight, Lord, as we go to a time of praise and worship again, help us, Lord, just to bow before your feet, to fix your eyes on you, Lord. And just to commit everything, our very minds, our very souls, into your hands. To you, the potter, to shape us as your, as your lumpy clay, to shape us and mould us and use us as you see fit, Lord. We ask you to remain with, to remain with us, Lord, and to tabernacle amongst us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.